This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Now I want to show you the first picture is uh, of a player who is... Uh, not dressed out. And I don't know if you've ever coached a team. I see Michael there. And every time I think of team sports, I see Michael. I'll have to go to that. But can you imagine, Michael, you're one of your players. Uh, you have a big game now that you're a Lincoln coach. It's going to be against your arch rival, Leon Lions. And so I don't know if they're really arch rivals. Um, and uh, your player shows up and he He's not, you know, it's game time and he's not in uniform. He does not have the uniform on. Uh, and then you automatically think this is not going to be a good day, good day for him or for the team. And so I just wanted to share that picture because today I want to talk about the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make the known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you. Lord, help me, as, uh, as the Apostle Paul said, help me to preach and teach fearlessly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly. Thank you, Father. Help us as a church to awaken to the reality of what is going on. Lord, help us to not be clueless or naive. Lord, we say thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. Well, let me just tell you, the Apostle Paul is not uh, mincing words. He's not trying to... Um, He's not trying to mix words. He's, he's not trying to be scary, but it is scary. Uh, the devil is really a powerful thing. And I like to call it a thing, but powerful being. The world makes fun of us for believing in the devil. And that's the job of the devil, isn't it? Is to convince people that he doesn't exist. 
convince people that he's really some guy in a, in a red uh, outfit with horns. And then we can all laugh about it and act like it's just a cartoon character, just a costume on Halloween, October 31st. And so one of our biggest challenges is try to convince people of the existence of evil. But in the world we live in, some things are just not tragic. You know, I think of the tsunami. That is tragic, what happened probably a decade ago. You know, what you see happen in a car, tragic. But some things are not just tragic. They're just plain evil. We don't have to look too far back. But of course, when we see six million Jews being incinerated, that's evil. When you see African boys being drugged up and forced away from their village to join some army, that is evil. To take a young innocent girl from an Indian hillside, a father taking a, a, a young girl and bringing her down from the hillside to sell her so she can be put into a brothel so that he can get a, a, a color TV or a, a, the latest radio, that is not tragic, that is evil. We have some people that work in law enforcement and just the little I've chatted with them, there's a lot more than what they see than what we see. You know, we see the, the random uh, the gunfight, uh, which was one up here, uh, you know, at the gas station or any of that. But they get to see the, the, the evilness of people. And, and if you think that's just uh, a coincidence, but I think there's an evil uh, death going around uh, influencing people and... and um, and just empowering people in evil ways to do evil things. These things that we just mentioned, you know, the, the, the select slavery and the, the brothel for children are from evil, it's from a, a, a depth of evil that m many of us can't comprehend. There's a supernatural dimension to this. Uh, it's a supernatural moral depravity some people just say, or secularists say, it just happens. It's just things that people do. It's some psychological uh, issue. When you have kids who are totally messed up trying to kill other kids, there's something more deep than just the psychology. There's an influence. And when we talk about the church in Ephesians, they are not modern materialists like us. They were uh, probably, a lot of them were supernaturalists. In other words, they believe in the supernatural. And they understood there was a supernatural war going around them. But even then, the Apostle Paul gives them a clearer picture, a bigger picture of the scale of the evil which is around us and around them. And we know that Ephesus was a hotbed for the occult uh, activity. The interest was uh, very uh, uh, palpable there in, in uh, Ephesus. And Paul's audience already believed in this supernatural, excuse me, this, it's not my phone, is it? Could it be Ross's phone? I didn't mean to say that out loud. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. If it ain't God, don't answer it. It's from a movie. I've been wanting to quote that forever. Uh, 
Ephesians were not modern materialists. They were very aware of a spiritual war around them. Paul's audience already took Satan seriously. But he's now trying to say, take it seriously. And I want to say that to us. It it, it may sound far-fetched in our material, natural mindset, but let's take it seriously. And the same power uh, that Jesus gives us, gave them back then, is still with us today. And there's the same dark power also uh, floating around in our world. So to use the Apostle Paul's words in 1 Peter 5.8, he says, Be alert and be sober. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, Too Many of Us is one of my favorite movies of all time. There's The Shire, right? There should be The Shire. Can you help her out? Because that's not next. Um, And so uh, many of us feel like that's where we're going to live. And there's no evil around us. And, And of course, we know that the orcs are right around the corner if you've ever seen this movie. And when we talk about spiritual warfare... We're not talking about some weird uh, uh, weekend that we might have, spiritual warfare weekend, and it's only for the weird people to attend. Uh, And it's it's just for those uh, outgoing people or the people that are very, uh, you know, talk a lot. And so uh, joining the Lord's army and, and signing up for spiritual warfare is not just for the extra spiritual person. You know, not just the expressive ones. And while the rest of the, or the non-expressive ones out there are just sitting on the sidelines. If you are a Christian, you are automatically in the Lord's army. It's not like some of us are Christian soldiers and the other of us are Christian civilians. It doesn't work that way. There are no Christian civilians and then Christian army people. The reality is that there is only the dichotomy is those who are prepared and those who are not prepared. The dichotomy is those who are Christian empowered, full army, body, uh, armor of God, and those who are unprepared. It's kind of like the student or the player that shows up unprepared. He doesn't have his football helmet with us. him. Have you ever been to, this happened with my uh, kids, you know, go to a game and you're rushing there, he's got his jersey, he's got his shorts on, but he forgot his cleats. Or he forgot his baseball helmet. Or he forgot his glove. That happened many times. And that's what it is. It's those who are prepared and those who came unprepared. That's the dichotomy, but it's no such thing as I'm not, I'm a, a Christian civilian and I'm, I'm not part of the Lord's army. And an unprepared Christian follower will not be able to stand against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Another movie, one of my favorites in Gladiator, there's a scene where Commodus was, is, comes up in this, this armored uh, chariot and he's showing up at, at the end of the war. Un, he's an unprepared soldier. And there's one aspect about 
spiritual warfare that we hardly ever talk about, but it's the location of this warfare. This is where it gets really weird for us Westerners and our left brain modernist. When I was a young pup, I had a vision way before I even saw the movie, uh, The Lord of the Rings. I never read the book. Uh, and so, but I had a, a personal experience. I was living a double life. I was, uh, verbally, I said I was living a Christian life, but physically, I was not living a Christian life. I was, um, I was, I was a wolf in sheep's clothing. I was away at college, and one day my youth pastor, who thought I was some sort of Christian superstar, called me when I was away in college in North Carolina. He says, Mario, we need a guest, we need a speaker for camp, for the junior high uh, camp. I want you to be that person. And I didn't have the heart or the courage to tell him that I should not be that person. So I was uh, a coward, and I said, yes. I said, yes. So uh, my semester ended. I go down to Sarasota, and then I drive up with the youth group. And I am the guest speaker at a youth camp for 100 junior hires. And I bombed. I, I, to this day, I don't remember what I said, but even if I did, it would probably, I said nothing. Um, and you got to be on your toes to speak to junior highs on, on the first place, and so I was not. I was so, um, I was so embarrassed. I was so angry. I was so, un, I just did not really, I was not living for the Lord. I was not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I was walking in my flesh. I was... I was a sinful man, a young man. And then I decided right after this, uh, the morning session, it was time for lunch, and I've shared this story once or twice, at Lake Swan, and I said, I am done with Jesus. I said that to myself. Uh, this is pre-cell phone days. And I decided that I'm going to just, instead of sticking around, I'm going to physically get in my car and leave the campground and I will not only walk away from this campsite, but I'm walking away from Jesus. This was a um, kind of, you know how we raise our hands to accept Jesus? This was my raising my hands to deny Jesus and leave. And so I was by myself and I was walking to my car. Everybody was at lunch and I'm walking and um, walking by this lake, Lake Swan, and um, my car is probably 100 yards away, and he, at that moment, I heard a voice speak to me, and it was a dark voice. Now, I can't hear out of this ear. I can, I can hear fine, but I can't pinpoint where the sound comes from most of the time. My cell phone could ring right behind me, and I'll go over there looking for it. It's no fun. When you're at Walmart and Robin says, I said, Robin, and she goes, I'm here. I'm here means nothing to me uh, in Walmart, you know, covered with all the shelves. I cannot pinpoint sound. So I heard this voice, audible voice, not a, in my head. Um, and the voice was dark. You know, somebody would ask me what, you know, what language. It was in English, all right? My, my college professor, I'll come back to the story. My college professor, after I came to know, rededicate my life to the Lord, uh, asked me where my textbook was. And I said, 
I didn't bring it because I injured my rib, and it was hard, you know, back in those days, books were big, and he goes, you must have sinned, and I go, at least I'm forgiven, (laughs) I should not have said that, and he was an English, he was an English professor teaching English, so in his English accent, he literally stopped and turned around and looked at me, you know, it's a class of 20, 20 students, college. How do you know you're forgiven? And I made the mistake and said, well, the word of God says I'm forgiven, and the Lord says I'm forgiven. And he goes, the Lord? The Lord speaks to you, and he comes right up, up to me, and I'm looking at me. The Lord speaks to you? And I said, yes. <laughs> and he goes, and everybody's like, so he's like, so what does he sound like? That's a good question, wasn't it? And I said, he sounds a lot like me because the Bible says I am one with Christ. I was like, wow, where'd that come from, right? Uh, and, then he, and then one girl says, hey, this is English class. Leave him alone. And he snapped out of it. Uh, and then one kid started laughing at me. This is when my insecure days. He was laughing at me in class. And I literally, I wouldn't be laughing in Judgment Day. So, so I've heard the Lord. So, I'm walking on this lake and I hear this dark voice. And this dark voice, and I'm sure we don't have any little kids here, said, I want you, and it literally said, just say, and it was the F word, just say the F word, Jesus. And I turned around and I looked, and then I heard it again. So I ended up doing like a 360, and it's twice. Just say F word, Jesus. And then I was going to do it. I was obeying that command, and I had the word in my mouth. And at that exact moment, I happened to glance over this water lake and visually with my own eyes. And so what I'm telling you is I'm describing what I saw. I am not prescribing that this is how everybody should see it, okay? So we got to, you know, take that into account. I literally saw what, to me, uh, I don't think it was just clouds opening up, but it felt like the sky opened up. And I saw, uh, again, this is like 1985, pre-Lord of the Rings movie, all right? And what it looked like, and now I can describe it kind of like that, with these dark horses and these white horses, and there was this battle, this spiritual battle going on. Mind you, I was just a novice. I, was, I didn't know this scripture. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit flooded my life And I realized that this is a spiritual battle. And I took it as for for me. And that day, I never, I've never turned back. I bowed my knee to Jesus that day by myself at some sandy little lake and said, I will follow you, Jesus. I didn't say the F word. I said, I will follow you, Jesus. And I've never... Uh, never turn back from that day. And too many of us 
cannot understand the spiritual realm. And, and it's, it's still difficult, even though I've had that experience for myself. We understand the physical, but we struggle with the spiritual. And I pray as we are going to go through this whole armor of God that our eyes will be opened, that there really is a supernatural world that we are fighting. The enemy has an advantage of time. He knows how men and women work. He knows how to lure us to sin. There's a picture of luggage that should pop up. Because Paul understands this too, because he, he's taking it serious. He's trying to tell the church in Ephesus. He doesn't say, hey, pack the armor of God on your journey, because you'll never know when you'll need it. Paul says you will need it. So put it on now. Put it on now. Back to the sports analogy, it'd be like a, a kid that maybe doesn't start, but he, he says he's on the team and probably rides the bench. Doesn't have a lot of activity going on. But if that kid shows up and he's not dressed for battle and his name is called up, he is unprepared. So Paul does not say, bring your uniform with you. Have it ready in your gym bag. He said, put it on. Because you will need it. Paul's saying, put it on now before the heated battle is upon us. The enemy knows how to maneuver in this world. Another old reference. You, young, you youngsters wouldn't appreciate it, but there is this show called Star Trek. My wife and I's favorite show once we, we just got married. Next generation, not the first one. I'm not that old. There was this thing called the Borg. It was this collective AI, artificial intelligence, if you will. And this thing would consistently say, we will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to serve us. And it would always say at the end, resistance is futile. And the enemy likes to quote this. He threatens all of us. He threatens all of us that resistance is futile. He over, always oversells his authority to us as believers. He's always overselling his authority over us. He tricks us as though he's trying, he's, he believes he's all-powerful. And this is where the Apostle Paul tells us to hold on. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the, his mighty power. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, and in his mighty power. It's the same word that we can find in Ephesians chapter 1. I also, in verse 19, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Let me repeat that. We, we need to write this down on a note. Use your phone. Post it in your car. 
I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This power is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him on the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above and any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. The power that we have been equipped with is the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus was buried under the immense rubble and dirt, the weight of the sin of the world, and he was raised from the dead, not only from the dead, but he's also lifted up to his rightful place. And this same power that lives in us Paul is telling to the church and tells us, get with the program, put on the armor, and stand. And that's our challenge for us this morning. In 1 John 4, 4, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Amen? And we need to remind ourselves, and I know it's hard, it's hard for me to think of supernatural battles and, and, and Satan and the devil and all those things that sound so weird. But Paul is challenging us to get with the program, put on the full armor of God, and we will live victorious Christian life. And we will be able to stand against the attacks of the enemy. And God made it available for us, and it's up to us to say yes. Are you willing to put on the full armor of God? This is going to be about a four or five week sermon series spread out through the summer. But the challenge for us, I think challenge number one is, do you really feel like you have a need to put on the full armor of God? If you're not aware, I'm telling you, you should be aware. And, and it shouldn't be in your gym bag. It shouldn't be something you try to hold. It's the, the boss, uh, Apostle Paul is telling us, put on the full armor of God. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand. Stand firm. I would love for you to stand firm, not just today, not Sunday morning, uh, right after church, or, you know, time of prayer. We're going to pray here in a second. But stand for the rest of your life. You recognize that you and I, we all need the full armor of God, that we trust him and we rely on his strength, not our own strength. I tell you, if we rely on our own strength, I was no match for the enemy. The, all, the enemy, I was so easy to, to convince uh, to do wrong and sinful things. 
And I was so easy to convince. Eventually, the enemy, I'm sure, went to somewhere else and just let me on my own because it was me in my own selfish ways. One thing I want to end with, we're going to ask uh, Lavella to come up. One thing I, I, I a thing that I, I want to say a thing, it's a supernatural capacity that God gives us, is to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That might sound strange to some of you as well. But it's in the Word, and I want to live by it. So I'm going to ask you for a second, just close your eyes for a second and say, Pastor Mario, uh, and I'm raising my hand right now, uh, supernatural conversation uh, is awkward. Is that you? I just want to pray with you because I'm, I'm raising my hand. It is awkward. Lord, we just pray for those who just... Lord, we're just very good Westerners. We're very good left-brainers. We're very good modernist, uh, naturalist, Lord. Um, and and, the, and this, this culture has taught us well. But Lord, help us to see how it really is. Lord, not only do we live here in the natural, but there is a supernatural realm that is in existence. Lord, help us to prepare by living fully under your authority and by listening to the, the, the commands of your scripture and, Lord, the, the instructions that you give us to put on the full armor of God. Lord, help us as a church. If you feel like you're personally under attack, I would love for you to, during our time, I'm going to ask our elders to come on up to the front and just ask for prayer and to help one another, encourage one another. If, you struggle, if you're struggling in an area, uh, don't feel weird. We all, we all at one time or another would feel a struggle, and we need prayer and help and reminding us to put on the full armor of God. Lord, we say thank you, Father. Thank you for your loving kindness. Lord, if, be with us, and, and, and Lord, speak to us, and Holy Spirit, empower us to live fully. Lord, help us to be aware there are battles not against flesh and blood. It's not that my enemy is not that person, that, that other person. It's not they, Lord. It's, we know it's, it's against principalities and powers and dark forces, Lord. Lord, we, we pray for mercy on those who are being so easily influenced of the enemy. Lord, have mercy on them. Lord, help them to remove the scales on their eyes. Thank you, Jesus. We need you, Father. Let's go ahead and stand. And if you feel like you need prayer, our elders are going to come to the front and we're going to pray. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.